Hey there, welcome to the Lord to Death podcast. My name's Brett, and today, I know I've said this many times, but I'm doing something a little different. So this week, I did not have enough time to write an episode. I started writing an episode last week for this week, and I realized that with as much as I have going on, it's not happening this week. But I do have enough time to just kind of shoot the breeze for a few minutes and put together something that I think I would enjoy hearing. So I'm sitting here all cozy, I've got a pot of chili on the counter, and I've got a cup of coffee in my hand. And I figured that I would go over just what I'm playing, what I'm doing, and also answer a few questions that I've had over the last few weeks. So let's get the elephant in the room out of the way and say, why am I too busy to get an episode out this week? And it's not that I feel like I owe anyone an explanation, but I just kind of wanted to. So this week, uh, I'm actually getting married. And all of the setup and everything involved has just been a little too much for me to sit down and write an episode. I have one on the go, and over the next week, I've got a few days off uh, before and after the wedding. And I intend to sit down for a little bit and try to write a couple episodes and get ahead, but knowing me, that's probably not going to happen. I have very poor planning skills. (laughs) It is a wonder that I have only missed one week so far, and that was because I had COVID back in February or March. And at that time, I literally couldn't talk very much. So that's the only reason I missed that week. And uh, miraculously, I've been able to scrounge together something for every other week since then. But This week, it's just a little too much, and I wanted to take a step back, and instead of putting unnecessary pressure on myself to kind of get ahead and get something out, I just wanted to sit down for a few minutes and just talk and see where it goes. So I'm going to get the questions out of the way first, and then I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I've been playing and what I've been doing lately. So one of the first questions that I get asked and a question that I get asked a lot of times is, do you just know all the stuff that you're talking about or do you sit down and write a script? Do you have bullet points and you just kind of talk over it? And the answer is I script pretty heavily. So for every episode, I put probably about four to six hours, depending, sometimes more, sometimes a little less, into researching. And usually what I do is I write down a list of points and then I try to write a script around that. And I'll do a little bit more research as necessary in between that, but the total process is around four to six hours. And then I sit down and I don't go off the script 100%. I have basically like eight to 10 pages usually written, and then I will use that as a guide and I'll kind of ad lib over when I feel it's necessary. Usually just stupid little funny things that come to my mind as I'm talking, I'll just kind of keep talking instead of reading off the script. I don't actually write any jokes into my scripts, I don't think. So any sort of jokes or humor or anything is usually just me ad-libbing on the spot. But yeah, I heavily script pretty much everything because my ADHD brain will just go nuts if I don't have like a regimen. If I don't have that script to go off of, I will just go on ridiculous tangents and it won't make any sense. Actually, the first episode that I recorded, I tried to do just bullet points. And I basically just had like four pages of bullet points under like, so it was living in rapture. And so I had a section for society and I just had bullet points on like what the governmental system was like or how people lived, where people lived. And I didn't really extrapolate on these bullet points because I had never done something like this before. 
And I was about halfway through recording when I realized that I had been talking for like an hour and I had no idea what I was talking about. I kept getting lost and it was at that point I decided to do a complete rewrite. I basically started from scratch and I wrote an entire script and it felt silly to me because I'm like, oh, I should be able to just talk and do this. Like this is one of my favorite games ever. Why can't I just talk about it? And then I realized that this is just my style. This is what works for me. And yeah, so I script pretty heavily with the exception of this. This is all just off the top of my noggin, but I don't have to talk about anything in particular here. So, you know, it's not that bad. And then for the editing process, I've been asked or rather I've contributed to conversations about how long your raw footage is versus your edited uh, and how long it takes you to edit. So usually my episodes are about 20 to 30 minutes, somewhere in that ballpark, usually somewhere in between, uh, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter. But my raw footage is usually about an hour. Um, I found that my raw footage is usually about three times longer than my finished product. And that's usually because I tend to take breaks um, in between talking. Uh, th there's a lot of silence that gets truncated out. So when I auto truncate, which is just removing the silence in between things, usually that brings it down like about a third. Um, so if I have a 30 minute long episode, then that brings it up to like, usually that would be about over an hour of recording that would bring it down to like 45 minutes. And then from there, it's just retakes and repeats. I do stumble over my words a lot, so I do have to retake lines quite often. And that's also why it's good to have a script, because if I get lost in thought, then I know exactly what to retake and I know exactly what to redo, rather than if I didn't have a script, I would be on a tangent, I would roll over a word, and then I'd be like, what was I talking about? I have no idea. <laughs> so another reason why a script is good. And then I can usually base how long an episode's going to be based on my script. So like eight pages is going to be about 20 minutes. I think my like 45 minute long episode was like 15 pages or something like that. So I can usually kind of gauge how long it's going to be and how long the editing process is going to be. And then my editing process is about three times as long as the episode ends up being. So if I have a half hour episode, usually I'm editing for about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours depending on how much effort I put into the intro. <laughs> so sometimes sourcing those things is a little bit tough and I'll have to sit there for an hour going through different voice lines from games or whatever to try to find something that sort of fits into the beginning as like a little monologue. So, but when I don't do those, it, you know, it takes significantly less time. And then the other question that I've been asked a couple of times was what am I using to record? So I have a pretty budget setup, like a pretty budget friendly setup. My microphone is a Shure SM7B, which I actually got for free in a giveaway one time, which was pretty sweet. Um, and that's kind of what started me on thinking that I could do a podcast, because otherwise I don't think I would have put the money into a Shure SM7B. But it's a fantastic microphone. And it's very versatile. I really love it. And I'm not sure that I would really use anything else. I had in that same giveaway a couple of better mics, I guess you could say. They were actual like studio good amazing quality mics like the one that I had was like a $2,000 mic and I didn't personally notice enough of a difference for my voice I find that the Shure SM7B is really good for a low register it works really well for myself so I think it's fantastic and they really don't go for that much you could even get a used one for pretty cheap and then that goes right into a dynamite preamp 
I've heard that a lot of people use a cloud lifter with the SM7B, but the dynamite stick was a little bit more budget friendly. I think it was like half the cost and it did basically the same thing. It's just to boost the decibels. Like I think it gives like a 20 dB boost or something like that, which the SM7B needs. So if you're interested in getting into podcasting or getting an SM7B, you do need a preamp with it or you need a DI that has a good preamp or, you know, something like that. So the cloud lifter is fantastic, but you can get something cheap. I think the dynamite stick was like 70 bucks. And then that goes right into a Focusrite Solo third gen, I think it is. I'm actually using my fiance's. I had a 2i2 that I used for myself. And then one of the inputs kind of like fell inside it, which was really weird. And so it's just kind of like it rattles a little bit if I move it. And so I just borrowed hers and I've just been using it since. But yeah, so it's the Focusrite Solo. I think those go for like a hundred bucks. They're pretty cheap. And then I use Reaper to record in and I use pretty much all free plugins for Reaper to EQ and compress and everything in my voice. I've got a vocal chain of like eight different effects on here just to kind of boost myself, make it better, compress, EQ. I think I have like three EQs on there, noise filters and whatever. So um, it took me a long time to dial that in. And I don't think I had it really dialed in to where I was happy until probably like five, maybe six episodes ago. So <laughs> it took me a long time. And every single time I was doing it differently to try to figure out what I could do better. And I finally landed on a good preset. I have it saved as a template in Reaper. Reaper is technically free. Um, it does have a trial period and that trial period doesn't lock you out of the program when it expires. You can still keep using it. But that being said, that's mostly the trust of the developers and the people. They don't want to just cut you off from something, especially if you're learning how to use a DAW or a digital audio workspace. Reaper is a fantastic start, but in 30 days, if you're not using it every day, you're probably not going to get the information you need. So I think the developers had it in mind that if they don't lock you out of the program after the free trial, maybe it'll incentivize you to keep using it uh, and eventually buy it. The sticker price is pretty cheap. I think it's like 60 bucks and it basically just adds the full version. It updates frequently. Um, there's a lot of good updates. There's a lot of really good plugins right off the bat that come with it. You don't need to actually purchase anything to get started. And in fact, I think I said this before, but all of the plugins that I use currently are free from Reaper. I just use everything that's within Reaper. Maybe that'll change down the line. I don't know. But currently, everything's just free. So that's a Shure SM7B microphone going into a Dynamite preamp, going into a Focusrite Solo 3rd Gen, going into Reaper. And that's it. So I think my total setup, I think sticker cost is probably about 500 bucks but this is all stuff that I've accumulated over time. So that being said, that is still pretty cheap to try to get into a decent recording setup. You would still need stuff like sound dampening and whatever, which I kind of use. I mostly just hang a giant heavy blanket in front of myself on like a clothes rack. It, it dampens the sound that's being bounced back behind me. And then I do have acoustic foam that is behind me. So that kind of gets rid of a lot of echoes because where I record is kind of a big sort of empty room. We haven't put a lot of stuff up on the walls, so definitely helps. Definitely necessary. But again, I'm just using a lot of stuff for that that I found laying around my house. So and that being said, that is that 
Uh, I talked way longer about that than I thought I was going to, but I figured I'd talk a little bit about what I've been playing lately, and it's a very simple answer. There's only really a couple games that I've had time to play in the last little bit, and I've poured pretty much all of my time into Starfield lately, all my free time that I've had, and I finally actually just completed the main story and went into New Game Plus, which I'm going to kind of dial down how much I've been playing so I don't burn out on it entirely, but... I will say, without spoilers, that New Game Plus in Starfield is actually the coolest New Game Plus that I've ever seen, and it actually directly integrates with the story, rather than most games when they go into New Game Plus tend to just kind of reset the game, and it's kind of just, oh, here, play the game again, but with all of your equipment, but Starfield does it differently. You don't get to keep any of your equipment or money or ships or anything, and you start a new game, but it's actually concurrent with the story. It actually adds to the story that you're going into New Game Plus. And again, I don't want to spoil that for anyone who hasn't played it, but it is really, really cool. And I personally love Starfield. I think that it might end up being the Bethesda game that I put the most time into, which is saying a lot because I have probably like 300 hours into Skyrim. I have probably like a couple hundred hours into each like Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Fallout 4, I actually didn't play as much. I think I only have like 100 hours into that, but that's still a lot, but um, uh, not nearly as much. But I think over time, especially when they start doing like the Mod Workshop integrated update, I could see myself putting a lot of time into Starfield. I've already put, I mean, I think I put 60 hours into it by the time that I ended the game. And I ended the game prematurely, specifically just to get into New Game Plus. Um, again, you wouldn't really understand if you haven't played it. It's kind of hard to get around without spoiling it, but that's all I'll say. It's fantastic. It's, it's a great game. It's a very standard Bethesda game in space. People who are expecting more kind of, I don't think, paid attention to who the developer was and what they said in their conferences and stuff like that. There are features that are missing that they said were going to be in the game, um, but I don't think that the features that are missing actually take away that much from the game. And in fact, some of the features that they cut, I think were good things that they cut. Like they were going to have environmental hazards on planets be much more damaging. They were gonna have like permanent debuffs for not having the right suit to go on the right planet. And it's punishing enough as is. Like if you go over a steam vent on a planet, you have a lung disease that you have to go and cure or like find the right injector to, to cure. And you just have a cough that takes away your stamina. and really frustratingly if you're trying to do stealth like me i'm a big uh i'm a big i'm a big stealth user in video games the cough is actually it will actually get the attention of people you're sneaking around i remember i was sneaking around ryujin uh there was a mission and i had a cough and i didn't realize that or i didn't realize that i should have cured it before i went in and i was sneaking up behind a guy and i was trying not to kill anyone i was just trying to sneak around and then my character just coughs and everyone turns around and converges on me it was terrible but like it, it was hilarious and kind of immersive and and it was a really funny experience for me i don't it didn't negatively impact my experience in the game i thought it was actually amazing that they did that but i couldn't imagine anything more permanent than that from like elemental damage i think that that would have been a bad inclusion in the game for me anyways i'm not the kind of person who wants the hardcore experience like in fallout 3 and new vegas i'm not putting on survival mode because that's not fun to me so i think that they will eventually add that as a feature into the game they'll probably add like you need food drink you know basically like it was in new vegas but as it stands i think it's good that they removed those features because i i don't think they would have 
worked very well for a more casual gamer like myself. And aside from Starfield, I like to have a shooter on rotation. And for the last year or so, well, I guess since it came out, I've been playing Modern Warfare 2, the new Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 2 2. But lately it's just kind of become like the Fortnite of Call of Duties and I kind of just miss what it was when it came out when it was a little bit less ridiculous like I'm I don't really care about skins and stuff in games I like the milsim skins I like kind of like cooler skins like I just kind of want to run around in a ghillie suit right but then I'm not a huge fan of having like bunnies running around at me I understand it's fun for some people but it's just not really my cup of tea so the last little bit that it's been more like that uh, I guess I just kind of stopped playing but I did pick up Battlebit Remastered which is a hilarious time and I'm still getting used to it. If you haven't played it, Battlebit Remastered is literally Battlefield. Like they have the same game modes and a lot of the same gun customization and stuff like that. But it looks like Roblox. So it's kind of silly and the aesthetic is kind of what's throwing me off a little bit. I like a good kind of like realistic looking shooter. I'm not like I like having not a toony shooter, but Battlebit Remastered is a lot of fun. And that has kind of been my shooter on rotation. Other than that, I've been playing a little bit of Slay the Spire. I'm really bad at it, but I keep trying. Ring of Pain, again, I kind of pick up every now and then. And I just actually started another Elden Ring playthrough because I heard that the DLC is supposed to come out towards the end of this year or beginning of next year. And so I want to get a character to end game level, but I don't want to use my character that's been through like three new game pluses to go into the DLC. So I started a new character. I've only ever done like Sword and Shield, and then I did like a pure magic New Game Plus run, which wasn't a lot of fun for me. I was basically just using the laser for everything, and it it was hilarious, but it wasn't fun. So I've decided I kind of want to use magic. I've never actually sought to use magic except for the one Elden Ring playthrough in a Souls game. So I decided to start as like a pyromancer, and I'm kind of doing a split build. So I'm still going to have a melee weapon, but I am using pyromancy on the side instead of a shield. So it's pretty fun so far. I only just got to Margaret the Fell and beat him and then stopped. But so far, I've been really enjoying it. And Elden Ring is just a an amazing game overall. So I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. And then me and my buddy have been running through all of the Souls games over the last few years together. We kind of do a pass the controller on death or boss beat. And we went through, we've gone through every Souls game at this point. And we just started on Sekiro. And then we were going to move into Elden Ring after that, after the DLCs come out and once we've played it on our own. But we might actually go into Lies of P before Elden Ring because apparently it's amazing. He showed me a little bit when I was over at his place the other day. And it looks so cool because Bloodborne is my favorite of the Souls games. And it basically just looks like Bloodborne, but in a different universe. Like it's, I don't know, it, it looks really cool, but I've heard there's a lot of Sekiro influence, which I think is pretty neat. So I'll eventually play that. But right now it's pretty much just Starfield, a little bit of Battle Bit, some Civ, some Slade the Spire, just uh, kind of a lot of things. But this week I'm, you know, focusing on other things that are maybe a little bit more important than playing video games. So that's why I'm doing this. But I think that kind of marks all of the time that I can really put into this and all that I really wanted to go over. 
So if you guys enjoyed this and you guys kind of want a little bit more of this style every every once in a while, like maybe like a couple times a year, maybe just take a step back or I mean, it's easy enough that I could do this as kind of like an inner in between weeks. But before I go, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for listening. We've gotten a lot of viewers over the last little bit, and uh, my heart is very warm. I'm very happy that anyone's listening. I always told myself in the beginning that if I have 10 people listening every week, I'm going to be happy. And we've uh, surpassed that by quite a bit. And uh, I, I just feel very happy that people are listening. So thank you um, again for listening. And I know that I've shouted them out a couple times on like social media and stuff, but if you haven't had the chance to go and listen to them, if you're not following me on social media, if you're just listening, go listen to the Overthinking Games podcast. Um, I've been talking to them a little bit over the last while. I've listened to their show for almost since it started, and I love that show. It's a group of teachers who get together and kind of do an analytical view of video games from a teacher standpoint and what games can teach you. And I think it's fantastic. They have a definitive topic every episode and they tie in like their curriculum or like lessons and stuff into games. And I think that's really, really cool. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's one of my favorite podcasts I listen to at the moment. So if you haven't had a chance, Overthinking Games, they're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And they're great. Please go check them out. And uh, until next time, stay safe. Enjoy. Have fun, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.